Hey everybody, happy Sunday and welcome to Call the AD. Uh, today we're going to be talking about watches we wish existed. Um, so we've often, you know, you see a new watch come out and there's something wrong with it or you have a dream watch but there's just something that doesn't work for you. Um, we're going to get into a bit of that and uh, I'm joined today by my lovely wife who's over here on my screen. Um, she's going to be the new co-host for the show. So uh, we're going to be sharing our ideas through some hopefully delightfully crappy Photoshop jobs on watches we wish existed. <laughs> so uh, welcome, Stephanie, as uh, as the new co-host. Yeah, thanks. No, it's great. Um, and, you know, love Dan and loved what you guys did. And I apparently have nothing better else to do on Sundays at noon. So um, I feel like you all will be getting some insight into... 90% of the conversations that Arthur and I have on like a regular basis about watch so watches so I don't know hopefully it's entertaining <laughs> yeah you know it should be good it should be good and for those who followed the show for a while um my good friend Dan who I've done this with since since the start of call the AD um needed to step back to focus on some other things uh so we're gonna miss him certainly um but the show wouldn't be what it is today without him and hopefully we'll see him showing up in the chat in future as well so uh, no no typical youtube drama here we're still good buddies um just he needed to go do some other things which is totally cool um so happy to be joined by stephanie now i guess call the ad stands the a stands for arthur and the d stands for darling wife I sure. don't know. We got to work on that. We'll figure it out. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Uh, so let's do a let's start things off with a wrist check. What what are you wearing today, Stephanie? Um, I have my Cartier Santos Galbli, or however you say it. Um, and I'm in a very like two tone mood. I got like all my two tone stuff on right now, which is which is just kind of fun. But I love this watch. I got it like a little over a year ago. Um, it's a great price. It was misadvertised as a quartz and got it for a good deal. And it's automatic. Um, I lovely. love it. It's great. Like if you need present ideas for your, like your girl, this, this is a great one and a great price point. Yeah. So, the, yeah. That's like a, an eighties model, I think eighties, early nineties. Yeah. I think yeah. late eighties. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, the value is pretty crazy. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love that watch. Uh, and I'm also bring a little bit of guilt here today with my Tudor Black Bay 58, uh, probably my most worn watch. And uh, I thought it'd go good with a green sweater. So there you go. Which you still won't let me borrow. That's right. <laughs> it's too perfect, except our dog bit it recently. So that kind of put a damper on the perfection. So now you should let me wear it sometimes, I think, but we'll, we'll see. I'll buy my own blue one, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So Stephanie, do you want to introduce the topic? You want to tell people more about uh, what the idea was here? Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get our, yeah, our little sorry. presentation up here as well. Sure. So I thought this would be a fun one because it's something that you and I chat about all the time. Like particularly when new watch releases come out or new special editions come out, it's like, oh, well, sure. If I had that money lying around and if they change the size a little bit or if like the hands looks a little bit different or what if they did this instead? Um, so I thought it would be fun to like go through some watches that um, if we had our way that we would design. Um, all this to be said that like, I didn't even use Photoshop. This is just PowerPoint and, you know, clip art. 
Um, and I think the rules are we're ignoring physics. We're ignoring like mass marketability. This is just like, you know, my personal preferences, your personal preferences. Um, and we haven't really talked to each other. Like, like I've seen your, I've seen the ones that you've put together, but I haven't yeah. like looked in detail or talked to each other in detail. So I think it'll be a little bit of a, like a surprise explanation for each of them. Yeah. So no, anyway, so. if there's any, any watch brands out there, we are designers hire. I think you'll really see the quality of the, our portfolio here <laughs> and the true expertise and talent that has gone into this from two like aerospace and mechanical engineers with very uh, with zero experience in watch design or jewelry design. But I think we really nailed it. Um, and I did just want to point out that I think the underscores in your Instagram handle are stupid, but uh, people should still follow you. Oh no! Don't worry. So I I regret it that, every time I have to say them. It's it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're in and out. Um, yeah. So I think with that, I'm pretty sure you're up first. So do you want to yeah, go through okay. your first? I'm gonna I'm gonna do a little watch. preamble here. So for me, I, you know, okay. I think those who watch the show are know that I'm kind of picky about things, and often a watch is like perfect except for whatever deal breaker. And Dan and I actually did a show talking a bit about that. So the first one is really like a legendary chronograph, but that I have a couple problems with that I wanted to take the opportunity to fix. And if and if if I could, I think it would be like one of my favorite watches if they just made these tweaks. So I present to you the Tick Tick Vroom El Primero. So what this is is. I'm often stuck between the two sizes they make for the El Primero, the traditional 38 millimeter, um, which is, yes, it's the traditional size, but it feels a little small to me. And the 42, which 42 is a reasonable size. I can wear it just fine. But for some reason on the El Primero, it just ends up feeling a little large for, for me on the wrist. Uh, so what I did was I took my favorite El Primero case, which is the one they've used on these uh, recent revival models and the manufacturer edition, uh, the one with all the three blue subdials, and I sh and I upsized it to 40 millimeter diameter. Then I know the original 1969 El Primero had a date, but I'm a no date kind of guy. I love the symmetry, so screw the date; it's gone. Uh, through my excellent imperceptible Photoshop job there. Uh, <laughs> and then I, you know, I, I like the manufacturer edition that they did. Uh, I think that's the only one in steel with this revival case that's currently in production. Um, but the three blue subdials is not really sort of like true to the history. And I kind of like it when there's a little more variety. So I'm going with a silver running second subdial, a gray hour counter, and a blue minute counter. And to me, that's the El Primero I want. I think it would be one of my absolute um, favorite watches if they just made it. Uh, it. It looks like we've got a couple people agreeing on uh, that, that the no date is better. My buddy Roberto's here. Coos feels similar. Um, Terry thinks it looks like a Breitling. <laughs> no. <laughs> it is a, maybe it's just the busy sort of tachymeter scale thing going on there. Um, and, and Karan thinks uh, thinks I should be in the new boss over at LVMH. I'm going to agree on that one. So uh, what what do you think, Stephanie? Did I do okay? 
Yeah, no, I think you did great. So for, I mean, for me, like from my size, I think the regular 38 El Primero is perfect, but there's always something that's like kept me from buying that watch and I don't really know what it is. Um, but for you, I know you're like in between sizes, right? Like you've tried on the right. 38, you've seen it, you've tried on the bigger one and like neither work for you. And as much as I would love to like the 38 be one that we could share first, we don't share watches and like two, the 38 is just too small. Um, I personally like the date at five o'clock. I think that's a cool feature of it, but I do like the cleanliness of what you've done here. I would have made the running second hands blue because um, I think that's the one you actually like look at and use the most. Um, but I like it. I mean, you would totally buy this watch. So I would. Um, I would. And yeah, I, I think it's cool. I, I particularly just love that revival case. The way they do this like radial brushing yeah. on the lugs and stuff here is super, super cool. Super cool. Yeah, uh, yeah I think so, it's cool. Yeah. So I, I've heard some rumors about potential changes coming to the El Primero line. I doubt this is one of the ones we're going to see, but uh, I can dream. So, Well, Zenith, if you're listening, you could tell one of these. So... That's yeah, that's that. true. <laughs> and maybe from the comments, a couple more people would, would buy it. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah. do you, do you want to do your first one? Do you want to give any preamble or should I just flip the slide? Uh, you can go and flip the slide. So right. my only comment was that uh, before I get into the watches I have designed, I think this Zenith is not practically perfect in every way, but actually perfect in every way. Um, and Karan, thank you for getting this one for me. Um, I I love it, like truly stepping back. And, and I know I've like gone on way too much about this on Instagram and other things before, but if I was gonna design a watch for me truly from scratch, this is it. Like perfect size, unbelievably comfortable, really cool movement. The dial is stunning. There's a little bit of space stuff um for those of you who don't know me I, i'm a big space geek and, and work in space and then you know just like a touch of bling i went a little overboard with the, the diamond bezel but i think this is like the perfect modern ladies watch for me so anyway zenith already nailed it but with that i'm going to switch to a panerai that i would design so go ahead and, and do for those not familiar one. this is the this is the zenith defy midnight it's called so yeah cool yeah, all right sorry yeah. So here's your first real one now that you've um, just uh, okay. stopped bragging about your uh, your your midnight. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, as you'll see here in my excellent PowerPoint skills, um, Photoshop editing job, I love the 38 millimeter duos. I think they're great. I think it's um, uh, kind of bullshit that they're not super waterproof. So I decided to add... Um, uh, to make it waterproof at least 100 meters. Um, and then I also added, you know, pardon my language for fuck's sake on it but like really this watch should actually have some water resistance it's totally ridiculous that um that it doesn't and you know i'm just gonna wait for a little while for it to uh, like come on the pre-owned market and you know drop price but i i love this watch um the other thing that i do which i think you'll see a theme throughout is i took out the date window um i just i don't think it suits this watch and i think panerai's numerals are so cool like i would yeah. love to have the the three there um so i found a font in powerpoint that was not anywhere close but whatever um <laughs> so that's um 
that's my panorama. And I have to say, like, I want it waterproof, but the reality is, would I ever actually go swimming with this because I'm going to keep a leather strap on it? Absolutely not. Like, of course, I'm going to take it off before I like shower or jump in the water. But it's it's like it's the principle of the thing that, that I want mm. it to be waterproof, which is so dumb. Like, I should just get the watch because it's it's like really great as is. But um, those right. are things I would think about. That's- I'm with you there. It's really about the principle of the thing. You know, the fact that they took a, a dive watch with the and with the due turned it into something that's, I think it's like 30 meters water resistant or something, which sure you can live with it, but it's kind of the yeah, principle of the right. thing, right? I mean, that's, so I, I've seen you try this one on um, and it's a cool watch, but I, I really like the changes you made to it here. It would be better, I mean, for sure. It is the principle of the thing. So first off, I haven't gone diving in like five years, which I'm dying to go do again, of course. Two, if I actually go diving, I'm wearing my SKX Seiko 013. Like, let's be realistic. That's what I'm actually going to go dive with. Um, but like, yeah, I'd kind of like to be able to jump in a pool with it, I guess, like in this imaginary world where I'm wearing a Panerai by a concrete pool, but it, 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 it's the principle of the thing. I think there's a lot of people with you here on the water resistance too. Uh, I kind of, I kind of find this comment funny. Panerai are about leather straps, not water resistant. I think it is funny that they, they are like the one dive watch that's sold on and so often worn on a leather strap, but it's kind of the history and the heritage and it, it looks good. So, eh. Yeah. Yeah. Now I will say like, this is blasphemy. I, I know, but I get leather straps about it all the time. Um, I know this like makes you cringe beyond belief, Arthur, but um, when I go out to the barn to ride horses and I'm usually like carrying water buckets or hosing off a horse or something, I'm often wearing a watch with a leather strap and, you know, not super nice ones, not like custom leather straps I've gotten, but like, you know, I wear it with leather straps, they get wet and they patina really cool and they get really soft. Um, and, you know, around the barn, there's like all sorts of leather, which often gets wet, but it just ends up being like really nice and supple and worn in. Um, so yeah, I probably wouldn't jump in the pool with a leather strap, but I also don't like freak out like you do if it's like raining <laughs> and, you know, you're wearing one of your nice to lugs straps. So yeah, you're you're more more embracing of the patina on the watch itself as well as the straps. Um, but yeah, the, I, patina I, like bang the bang the crap out of it. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, <laughs> a little like bit. <laughs> Roberto's pointing out that people are always accidentally falling in pools. So yeah, yes, got to sure. look out for that any at any any moment really, right? Uh, cool. Yeah. No, I I like that one. Um, move on. Okay. Yeah, all right. Your turn. I'm, I'm going to go to my next one. And I actually don't remember what comes next. We'll flip the slide and then I'll talk about it. Ah, yes. My Panerai suggestion. Uh, so I have a PAM 560, which is the base dial 44 millimeter in the sort of in the Betterini case for those that know the, the PAM cases, which is the one they designed in the 90s to be for sort of like the modern revival. But this watch here is basically, it's the, the PAM 372, which is um, currently made in 47 millimeters, sort of one of the more true historical models. It's got the like dirty beige loom. It's got the gold hands um, and the 1950s case, which is a lot more three-dimensional and really shows its roots to sort of the original pocket watch cases that were that were made into um, the first Panerai's. So, I think it's one of their absolute prettiest watches. 
my only change is I shrunk it to 44 because for me, that's a great size. I know it breaks the trueness to the legacy of the watch, but I would buy that in a heartbeat if they made it in 44. I don't believe, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe they make a 1950s case Panerai in 44 millimeters without a date. Tell me if I'm wrong, because I would like to know. With a base dial, just clean, simple, yeah. So, Roberto, uh, I think, is referring to the go. 372. Roberto agrees with you. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. So I like it, Arthur. I think this is a little bit of a lazy edit, but it is <laughs> yeah. something you've been talking about for a while. It is lazy. Um, and while I do have a Panerai, well, I do have a Panerai that I like. You know, for example, this one looks very similar to the one that you have, which is great. Um, I think some people look at Panerais, and I'm putting this like to myself a little bit because I haven't gone like into the depths of the brand yet. To me, Panerais can kind of be like some people look at 911s, right? Where like yeah, all yeah. 911s or all Porsches look, look kind of the same. Like I, I could kind of see that with Panerais. Of, like all Panerais look kind of the same. But um, you know, with these like little tweaks, it's like what it looks like a real Panerai. But but no, like I get it. I get what you're trying to um to accomplish here um and yeah would this be would this be an either or like you would trade out your other one for this if they made this in this size yeah i would only want this one that that'd be fine with me um let's see oh karan was saying the 1950s case there are some in 45 will that one millimeter make a difference no i think i'd take it in 45 but i don't know that they make one with its no date with the base dial Again, tell me if I'm missing something because I would want that watch. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, uh, let's see. Um, John Watchsmith says, so the water resistance is important for legacy, but the case size isn't. But the water resistance is also practical to me. So eh, I like what I like, just different priorities. So you you want to go to your next one? I think yeah yeah let's go to mine. Okay cool. Ooh. Um, okay I did um, Stephanie's special edition Speedmaster. So um, I have a first Omega in space which I love. It's a fantastic speedy for me. Um, but one of the frustrations that I have with all of the special editions that come out is that they're all tributes to things that happened decades ago and like as great as that is and like those accomplishments are amazing and it's wonderful to have um you know anniversary editions of moon landing of the snoopy like like those are all great but i would love to see like a speedmaster that reflects some modern space <laughs> accomplishments and things that have happened like in the past well i mean i take past 20 years but let's say like you know, here, these are all things that have happened in, in the past couple of years. So um, first, I'll talk to the pictures, <laughs> um, you know, on the sub dials here, I have like a picture of the International Space Station, because that is like, such a testament to what is possible with technology. And like, you know, getting all these countries to come together, uh, uh, you know, 
amazing, amazing accomplishment that people have been living and working in space consistently for 20, for 20 years at this point. Um, then I have the Mars rover because that's just epically cool. And I think there should be something to talk about Mars. Um, and then the last sub dial is um, uh, in recognition of the first all-female spacewalk that happened earlier this year. Um, I don't know. It's not a great image, but you get the idea. Like just some like <laughs> kind of squashed. Excellent yeah. Photoshop job there. Yeah. yeah, that wasn't even Photoshop. That was, yeah, that was um, really well done. Um, and then on the back, I thought it would be cool to have like, you know, SpaceX rocket landing but you know how on the back of the new special edition snoopy um snoopy's like riding the apollo capsule like yeah. around yeah. the back of the dial um you know i'm ignoring physics here but if omega could find some way to like make the rocket go up and down like almost like those <laughs> pens that you like tip over, uh -huh, uh -huh. um that that's what the arrow is meant to represent like oh yeah okay so that's somehow. that wouldn't actually be on the watch that's just a an illustration of the, the motion okay it, cool cool yeah it would be like under a sapphire you know whatever find a way to right. make that happen right like the right rocket come down. um and then you know more to like a watch shape is like i love the case size of the um first omega space it fits me perfect um the standard um uh speedmaster professional case like the lugs just hang over my wrists a little bit. It's fine, but it's a pet peeve. And, you know, if I'm dreaming this watch, the price is like probably not going to be like, I don't want to spend a lot of money on a watch. that's not going to fit me. So I, I, it's my design. I can do what I want. I want the first yeah. Megan space case. I would also want the 321 movement. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if the 321 movement would fit in this case. I don't really care. I'm ignoring the mix. Um, <laughs> I think then, it would. I think it would. Okay. Um, and then I would want a flat link bracelet because I think I think those are really cool. Um, so I think I really nailed it with this. Um, <laughs> I don't really think you need to make any changes at all. It just seems um, I think I think I've, I think I got it. <laughs> I I like the creativity on this one. I, you know, I feel like my designs are often like, oh, here's a watch that exists, and I it's something that bothers me, and I fixed it. But this is sort of like. Maybe you're a little frustrated with Omega's limited editions and how they're always looking so far into the past, maybe? Is that kind of where you're coming from? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it would be good to have, like, some celebration of modern space achievements. You know, generally, I just, I, I also tend to get frustrated with all the focus on, on the past. And, like, yeah, it was so great. It was, uh, you know, I don't want to do anything to take away from that. But, like, let's celebrate some of the really cool things that are that are happening now because it's it is pretty significant right. and pretty major and that would that would be fun and i would like to encourage people in the space business to like keep wearing real watches and not like apple watches all the time so yeah um, maybe this would get like the next generation of engineers a little bit more excited and and watches um particularly for those of us that like weren't alive during apollo like it would be cool to have something that you know we worked on or were a part of or like right. the greatest history of so um yeah yeah Stop space is not right space is not all about the moon especially not now right, right? i mean sure right. it's in space it was a great accomplishment but there's some other really cool stuff that's gone at least by the watch industry kind of unrecognized so yeah yeah i think there's people with you on this one uh okay. for sure for sure cool 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 no i like it a lot um you almost could have gone with the current 321 as sort of like the base, right? Because the case is similar to the first Omega in space and it's got the flat link. Mm -hmm. But I see you wanted to keep the alpha hands here. Uh, is that a favorite I thing? I did. I love the alpha hands. 
Okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah I yeah. just think they're beautiful. I think they're really, they're really cool. And like, I, I don't know, I would want to keep the alpha, the alpha hands for sure. Um, cool. But yeah, I think Omega could like be well served to like, you know, change marketing strategies a little bit, particularly as like, you know, your folks are growing up and can start starting to be able to afford um, higher end pieces. Like you don't just need to market to um, Apollo era. Right. Like, um, are we going to be like markets, living on right? Mars like, and yeah, are we going to be like living on Mars in 50 years and they're going to be like, here's the hundredth anniversary of the moon landing Speedmaster, And everyone's like, we're on Mars now. Like, what the hell? Move on. <laughs> yeah. 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 Something like that. So cool. Uh, I like okay, that Anyway, one. move on. Anything, you're, you're okay, cool. I don't remember what I have next. I think I do. Here we go. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I really love IWC pilot watches and particularly the big pilot. Um, for those that may not know, I have uh, IWC Top Gun chronograph, the, the black ceramic one that's 44 and a half. And, you know, it's, it's a big watch, but I think it wears well. The big pilot for me is just a little bit pushing a little bit too far. I think it's 46 and a half, if I remember right, um, or 46. And with those long lugs, even on people with decently sized wrists, I think it really pushes it. And so if you want like a time only IWC pilot, your options are kind of like the Mark 18 or the big pilot. So you've got 40 millimeters or 39 with the Spitfire and you've got 46 or 46 and a half or whatever. 46.1, Roberto says, thank you. Um, so I propose the IWC medium pilot and it's based on the big pilot, but sort of an enthusiast preference here with date gone. And I think for the cleanliness of the dial, it would be cool if they could move the power reserve um, to the case back. Keep, if, if it's possible, squeeze that uh, same eight day movement in there. Again, we're playing, we're throwing physics and, and dimensions out the window here just to, to, for a dream world, right? Um, and here I'm going to throw a little bit of legacy out the window. No solid case back. I love that movement. I want to see it. So I'm going to go sapphire case back with somehow a power reserve display on it and 43 millimeter diameter. So I know this is like total fantasy land, but I would love this watch. Uh, I think that the 43 would actually open it up to a lot more people um, in terms of the market for the watch. If they could keep that higher tier movement in there too, they could probably charge just as much as the big pilot. And I think as the trend have gone towards a little bit of downsizing, um, this would kind of like bring back that watch into even greater relevance again. Uh, so yeah, that's that's uh, that's the IWC I wish existed. Okay, when I first saw there? this picture, like oh. I hadn't heard your explanation of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. When I first saw it, I thought like this is a little bit of like a lazy edit. Um, but like hearing your explanation of it, of a, of a medium, like big ish pilot, um, I actually think it's really cool. And I think it would be um, um, obviously, I can see this like perfectly for you, right? Like I know you well enough. Like this, this is the IWC big pilot that you would design. Um, 
but I I like it. I think you're right to have the sapphire case back. I wish every watch had a sapphire case back. Like I get it's not it's not always traditional, but like so much of what we love about these watches is the movements. I want to see it. I want to be able to appreciate it. So um, I am I am totally with you on that. I do have to say that the thumbnail that you created for like this video with like me with the IWC, it's not an IWC I would dream up. I guess that's you know whatever that one exists. Um, so I you know I I personally like would never wear a big pilot. It's just not, not my style, but for you, um, I, I get it. I, you try them on a bunch of times and it's always just like, it's just a little, it's a little too big. A little big, um, especially with those yeah. lugs. Um, yeah. But, yeah. And I, I know 40, a couple comments here, 43 is still pretty big. Yeah, it is. I, I just think that it would wear with a good presence. And for me, since it's just my dream watch, uh, that that presence should still be there, but maybe just reduced a little bit. Um, the crown, I love how prominent it is. So we just like shrink that in perfect proportion to try to keep that look. But yeah, so there you go. That's that's my dream. Uh, that's my dream thing. And and Koos is kind of with us here. He likes he likes the idea for the show because no watch he can afford is perfect and i agree there's always something i'd probably tweet but you know these are not custom yeah. to us right so yeah yeah cool cool um, all right i think we're on to your show next my, yeah my iwc oh okay okay Talk so through it. uh yeah so i don't i don't really love any like ladies pilots watches that are out there like Dan, I'm sorry. There's just not a Breitling that I'm super in love with right now. Um, there's a couple that I like and like might be interested in, but that what I would actually buy, like I'm not so sure. Um, so I wanted to take a fresh look at IWC and like what what watch I have. Um, I really love the black ceramic um, Top Gun or Top Gun edition. Arthur, the one that you have, the chronograph, I think is just epically cool. It's super technical looking just like a badass watch and it's too giant for me to wear but maybe you'll let me borrow that one on occasion because i like literally can't destroy it um so I'll, I'll work on you for for trying that one out um but the the three-hander top gun um i think is beautiful and like it's i think it would be neat to make this size a little bit more for smaller wrists um but in particular market to to ladies wrist um and to me 36 millimeters is like the perfect size for watches just like hands down it works for everything so i would downsize this to 36 um in my you know changing physics um, uh, changing physics world um, i would take out reference to top gun it's not a top gun watch anymore and try to do a reference to like famous female pilots and so here like i don't know if you can see on the text but i just did like Earhart, right like Amelia Earhart, or like one of the other famous, mm -hmm. you know, lady pilots that are like, out there. Uh, Bessie um, Coleman. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I think having something that still looks like, uh, you know, a little bit masculine of this like black, like very technical, like kind of aggressive watch is 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 cool. I totally see myself wearing this. Like, you know, I love my like all white Planet Ocean. I would love an yeah. all black watch, um, and to have it be like tied to um, you know, a real pilot's watch brand, um, would be, would be epically cool. Yeah. You know, Karan's got a good point here. It's not that far off from the Hodinkee, um, Seratanium IWC. 
if if you really want a black pilot's watch in a more reasonable size, we could hunt one of those down. Yeah, it's still like there's just still some things off about the Hodenki version that's not like perfect for me. Like I didn't look at it and was like, that's exactly what I want. I know it's close, but I'm being super, super picky. And a little bit too, like I know I should buy a watch for the marketing or for the branding, but um I really would like to see I mean IWC has done some great ladies' watches. I, I generally like that they, you know, also market to women um for you know, some of their, their more traditionally masculine watches, they don't say like, this is a men's watch or this is a women's watch, right. but I would like to see like a little, you know, they're, they're so tied to history, which is great, but I'd love to see a little like, just nod to, not to some lady pilots, that'd be cool. Yeah, that would be cool. Cause they have made 36 millimeter steel pilots, um, but right. they kind of started to make them less purposeful looking you know they all have like brushed metallic dials and they're nice they're no doubt but it'd be kind of cool to see something mm -hmm. very serious looking at that size um yeah but yeah it'd be yeah, cool yeah. maybe for this too which i didn't do is have like a red seconds hand maybe that would be neat i don't know yeah and and at least <laughs> Koo says he's not a fan of names attached to watches but at least this one doesn't have uh, Buzz Buzz's butt on it like that Speedy. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I agree. Yeah, some good points here on, um, you know, it seems like actually like sometimes uh, Roberto's point is that sometimes guys seem to be more uptight about particular watch size to wrist size. And, you know, there's some cool examples on Instagram of ladies wearing watches of all sizes and, and IWC specifically this IWC girl who's I believe works for them in Brazil but you get to, you see her wear some pretty cool stuff of all all sizes you know even like even big pilot kind of sizes too but yeah. yeah no I think it's I think it's great and there's some women out there that rock like amazingly big watches and I would like to do that on occasion like if I could borrow them if you would let me borrow your watches on occasion like I think that's neat for um, every, every now and then, and like, I have some, I have some friends who wear big watches all the time and I think it's great. But for me, when I'm spending that kind of money, I, I want to feel like something fits. And so mm -hmm. I, you know, since I'm dreaming of my own watches, like I, I don't think I would run out and get like anything bigger than 40 millimeters, probably. Um, not saying that I don't like those or don't appreciate it. I don't like seeing women wearing giant watches like that. That's, that's great. But for me personally, I like I like having a watch I, I, what really it is about it is i don't like when the lugs like fall over my wrist hang off yeah um, yeah go beyond it i'm with you yeah that's that's where it it's just a, it's a pet peeve so. it starts to get like awkward to the extent of being like uncomfortable almost you know i i, I think because mm -hmm. it's i karan's got an interesting idea here i don't know if people know but iwc did do a pair of watches it was like a a big pilot and uh, based off of one of the Mark series, but they still gave it kind of an onion crown and it was a bit smaller and they called them the father and the son and they had silver dials. Um, he's got a good suggestion. They should do a husband and a wife. I love it. I think that's a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. We'd probably be in the market for those if they did. Uh, we do have know, a couple watch pairings, right? Like you and yeah. I have a few like our nomoses, you know, that's kind of a his and hers. We both have speedies, his and hers. Right. Um, 
We have Planet think, Ocean, his and hers. Now, yeah, that's like, true. We just keep copying each other. This is not very original. I mean, <laughs> we end up. We got to be careful doing this show because we do kind of like echo chamber, similar taste back and forth yeah. at each other. So it's probably good to uh, to have people in the chat uh, keep us honest and all that. Um, you know, it, it's funny because you were talking about oh, you, you'd probably not spend money yourself on a watch that was bigger than forty or whatever. If only there was someone that let you borrow those watches that were bigger. <laughs> if only, if only. If only, yeah. I'm too um, picky. Well, I think I think the next one up is really my piece de resistance, um, and really, I don't think anyone has exceeded watch designing quite like I have here. Um, this is really the pinnacle of, of jewelry and watch design combo in my, um, uh, and, and I can promise this is not one you're gonna wanna borrow, Arthur. So let's go ahead and go to the okay. next slide. Okay, all right. I think you're gonna, you're gonna kind of talk us through this step-by-step, step, right? Yes, so I'm proposing a Bulgari by Hermes collaboration, which I'm sure would happen. Like that, that just seems natural. Um, <laughs> I think the Serpenti watches that Bulgari makes, but in particular, like the jeweled ones where like there's scales on, you know, each of the, like there's individual jewels on each of the, the scales of the snake is so neat. And for those of you who haven't seen these, like the heads pop open to have, to have the watch in them. Um, Arthur and I were they're lucky crazy. enough to see an exhibit in Paris a few years ago that had like a whole bunch of these and they're just like so beautiful and crazy and, and stunning. Um, Anyway, go to the next slide, please. Um, so, the, so those are the ones you've shown exist, and now you're making some modifications, right? Exactly. Yes, I'm making very critical modica modifications. But um, for me personally, like I don't have any affinity towards snakes. That's so not like a thing I like or do, and not that I could ever afford one of these. Um, I just like to look at them, appreciate them. Nor would I like ever have an occasion to wear like a bejeweled snake around my my wrist. Like I'm not going to galas and you know red carpet events. But let's we're living in dream world, so why not? Um, anyway, but what I do love is is horses. Um, so you follow me on Instagram, you know that like I'm out at the barn all the time. I I ride horses. I always have. Um, I I like to have some jewelry with like a little um, you know I like the Hermes enamel bracelets and um, some of their scarves and always like having like little horse things in there trying not to be like too much of like a crazy horse girl at 35 but <laughs> whatever yeah. I am who I am um so I decided to make this collaboration you can go ahead and see the atrocity on the next slide you ready okay here we go <laughs> okay here we go so I think it would be really cool to have like a serpenti style watch, but like the head is a horse head instead of instead of a snake head. And I realize that makes no sense and I don't care, but it's just like two of my favorite things combined. And as I was looking for like horse head images of like, you know, something fancy from Hermes, I, I don't know, this popped up on Google images and it's one of those stupid like masks that you put on. So I think like, I think this is really like peak perfection. Um, jewelry yeah. design um so i, I, yeah, I don't will even say really with, know you respond to that arthur with the, with the snake at least that's the shape of a snake right so would the would the horse bracelet part have like legs sticking off in random directions or are you just like totally off the deep end here 
Well, I mean, look at the other horse bracelet. Like, that's a real Hermes horse bracelet where it's, like, two heads and just, like, pretty and artistic. Um, but, no, I'm not suggesting the tail is, like, a fluffy like, horse <laughs> tail on the other side or a wig sticking out. Um, I just, maybe I haven't really, I haven't really thought this through. It's more like a seahorse thing. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah. Um, yes. Thanks. Thank you. Um, maybe maybe designers are watching. For... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, uh, that's funny. <laughs> Quite a few people, Karan, Chris, uh, <laughs> saying, yeah, this is very Godfather, the horse head. Um, yeah. and, and it looks like uh, we're joined by probably Rick or Ricky from Scottish Watches as well. Hey, that's good. Just in time to Great. see this the, is when they the highest. In. Yeah, for this, like, the pinnacle yeah. of the work we put oh, together god. today yeah oh my yeah. god that, um, that is a very you watch i don't know i don't really know what else to say um i really love that the you use the like horse mask image we've got one of those up in the attic somewhere i should have gotten it down for this but yeah <laughs> that's that's okay like we can we can go past this but like yeah i mean i wouldn't uh you know, I would love to have Sir Patsy one day in my collection. I don't think that's ever going to happen. But like, if I like, that is my favorite, like crazy jewelry design kind of watch. Um, but I don't like snakes. I like horses. So yeah. um, there, there you go. Um, Someone raised a so, point in the comments. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure there's a, not a lot of people that do have an affinity for snakes. I, it's just kind of an odd thing, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I don't know, but like Cartier has like the jaguar thing. They've done some other animals. Um, I mean, Hermes yeah. is like just all horses, right? Like they have that um, crazy watch with the horse head in it. Um, and even in that, um, Arthur, I'm forgetting, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. The one with the moons that moves, yeah. but you can yeah. see like there. an etching of a horse's head in it. Um, right, or a Pegasus in one of the moons, I think. Yeah. And, uh, that crazy Hermes moon face watch. I love that one, by the way. Yeah. Well, okay, let's move on to this. This is a nightmare. Okay. okay, we've got one more left, and this is a special one. This is not, this is a watch we wish existed for Dan's sake. So he's gone but not forgotten, and we wanted to create something uh, that he would like best. I think it was Coos uh, who said he missed talking about Breitling. So we tried to take you know, a, a watch that Dan loves. And I think he said, always says he owns his grail watch, right? With that Navitimer 806. But there's another watch that's really, really elusive. And he picked it in one of our challenges in the past. And we have not been able to find one to buy. It's not the expense. It's not its popularity that's holding us back. Uh, it's just, I think they're out of production. And that was the Mr. Bean wacky tie watch. So I thought, what could be a more like pure expression of Dan uh, than than what I've created here? <laughs> so this is the Navitimer 806 re-edition Dan X Mr. Bean collaboration. And I think it just sort of like sums up his personality in one watch, this like serious love of aviation and vintage pilot watch design with that like great sense of humor and the wackiness of Mr. Bean. So, you know, sure, maybe he'd like the grumpy looking sub dial to be the running seconds instead. I don't know. I'm not going to argue over the finer points 
of the masterpiece that's on display here. But this one's for Dan. Uh, I think people people will like it. Uh, Roberto has made a great point. Show the case back. I didn't think that far. I think there's a lot of room for real, real creativity on the case back. I think like a really nice um, engraved or embossed uh, portrait of Mr. Bean would be pretty cool. Um, you know, something along those lines. Roberto's also got a great name for it, the Bean Pilot. Yeah, I think we're going to go with that. That's awesome. So, George Kern, if you're if you're listening or or watch Fred, the uh, Brightling collector who helped advise on some of these reeditions, I think you should really be considering this because I think you'd make uh, one one guy in the UK very very happy. <laughs> so that's I love all it. I, got. I think it's- I, I think it's 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 really it's really quite excellent. Um, a little a little terrifying, but um, that's it's a good tribute to Dan. Yeah, yeah. I think I thought we should do that. Uh, the Beanling is another possible name, <laughs> and a great case back idea here is Mister Bean flying around like the Snoopy, maybe in like a little biplane or something I don't, with his teddy bear. You know. That's a good point. Got to have the Teddy in one of the sundials. Should have done it. Should have done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess we wanted to ask you guys, um, are there, are there watches you wish existed? Um, so if you can comment in the chat, we'll, we'll do a little discussion on that. If we've got a little time here, um, we've got a few questions in the meantime. So well, so- um, well, co- so go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was, yeah, and I was just going to ask one question. I mean, like, in all seriousness of this, I am actually, like, I know you and I took around a lot, Arthur, and, like, we had fun, you know, doing these these silly things put together. But I am actually really curious about how the watch design process actually works. Like, you know, when does it start in an annual cycle? How many years is it out? Is it always starting from a scratch piece of paper? Is it taking a movement and trying to modify it? It does, like, it does make me want to know about, like, you know, not not just like the movement design, but how the whole um, how these decisions happen. Um, you know, I, I see it in my industry. You, you see it a little bit in your industry, yeah. but I think it would be something that that would be fun to to like delve into and learn a little bit more about yeah. how these decisions happen. I, I I agree, and I I only like once have I had the chance to ask that a question sort of on that topic, and there was a really cool DC red bar event virtually actually during the pandemic with Vacheron Constantin. And they were showing the new overseas uh, perpetual calendar in skeleton dial or skeletonized version uh, in rose gold. And they had, they had a non-skeletonized version prior. And I asked them, I was wondering, I was like, so when you guys designed that movement in the first place, or that watch, did, did you have skele- future skeletization in mind? Because, you know, the way they design a bridge or a plate or, you know, the structure to make sure it's going to hold up to forces and daily use and so on. And they said, yes. Um, so like from the beginning and designing that movement, they may have sized things for down the road, making sure that once they were skeletonized, they would hold up and that architecture would work. So that, that was just sort of like, one window I had into that. And I'd love the chance to be able to ask more questions like that and learn about that. Cause that was just movement. That was just one aspect of movement design, but I think it goes pretty deep. Um, so yeah, maybe, cool. maybe we'll get some more yeah. opportunities. We, we've got some, uh, some cool ideas here. Uh, Roberto's got 
a pretty similar watch to me that he, he like made, which is I wanted a 43 medium pilot. He wants a 45 and a half big pilot. I'd take that too. Sure. Fine. Yeah. We can come to, we can compromise. Um, IWC gets all two. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I like this one. And this one's been a popular um, yeah. rumor for a while. A white dialed Explorer one. I would love that. I mean, you know, I have 36 millimeter Explorer one and it's, it's fantastic. I probably wear that watch more than, more than anything else, but to have a white dial, I think would be really cool or to bring back the space dweller or not, um, the, what was it, Arthur, the space Explorer one. Space dweller, the 1016 yeah, yeah. space dweller. Bring, yeah. 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 Um, to bring that back would be really cool. I would buy a white dial Explorer one in a heartbeat, like yeah. even at 39 millimeters. Full stop. No hesitation. Yep. Yep. Uh, Roberto is big on the water resistance. So he said a Longines Heritage or a Speedy with real water resistance. Yep. I, that is one of the shortcomings of those particular models. That's for sure. Um, this is a real dream. Available Rolex for those that want them. That uh, That's the most outlandish dream I've heard on the show today. <laughs> But I'm yeah, kind of with all you the there. show all day. Like, there's, there's no way. It's ridiculous. But yeah. Bulgari is more likely to make the Hermes collaboration horse head watch, I think, than that have happened. <laughs> um, let's see. Coos was saying a, a white dial Snoopy that's not special edition. Um, yeah, I mean, they're it kind of getting closer because it's not a limited edition this time, right? It's still just low production. Um, let's see. This is an interesting one. Uh, more watches with countdown bezels as opposed to count up like diver bezels. That's cool. I, it, it makes me think, you know, Breitling with the chronomats, I think includes the new chronomats includes two bezels. So you can swap between count up and countdown. I would use the countdown way, way more. Like I use dive bezels or chronos when I'm wearing it, like mostly to time things in the kitchen, if I'm being honest, um, or, you know, to time some like, workout stuff or like riding horses stuff um but a countdown would be way more useful actually so i'm i'm all for having having yeah. a function that'd be that'd be cool um i agree let's see oh polly's got an interesting one here grand seiko spring drive in a non-polished 38 millimeter case their sizing can be a little frustrating i think because it's it's like smaller very polished dress stuff or sometimes a little oversized um you know brush stuff so i'm with you there that'd be cool I, yeah you know i actually thought about trying to like come up with my perfect grand seiko here because i love grand seiko but i haven't found well i will say the kirazuri edition grand seiko is probably my perfect one which i would buy if i could find it and i regret not buying it when i had the opportunity that was that was terrible um but i'm with you a 38 millimeter unpolished case um but for me if i'm gonna get a grand seiko it has that spring drive like that's critical for me and i want at least that's your first one right Um, yeah i think it's the way to go sure we're going down this that's the free slope (laughs) but yeah i'd go for unpolished too yep and i know i've talked to karan about this he said they should just stop it with all the limited editions It, it you know i I think especially as a, a retailer, he's seen the trend and they're just like cranking out limited edition after limited. Edition. I mean, this year for the 60th anniversary, I think they made like five or six different limited editions just around that anniversary and about every possible shape or form you could imagine. It is a little bit out of hand, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
let's see. Uh, let's whoops, excuse me. Alejandra says more less than 34 millimeter chronographs. That'd be interesting. What do you think? Um, well, I love, I love smaller watches, obviously. Um, but I, I feel like if I can get something that's 36, I'm super happy. Right. But 34, that would be, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and actually, I mean, kind of playing off of this, not just chronographs, but one thing that has, um, I really haven't found like a great smaller GMT that I love. Like I would love a GMT in 36 millimeters and there's some yeah. out there, but they're just nothing that's like really, um, you know, hit the nail on the head for me. So, right. um, yeah. I think going vintage, you can find some smaller chronographs, which is cool, but you know, vintage chronograph movements, you're getting into the whole like reliability, what's, you know, what's yeah. serviceability kind of space. And that can be challenging too, for sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I think that's about it. I like, I like the folks ideas in the chat. Definitely some ones that, that we sort of uh, missed out on opportunities. But for us, or for me, those were kind of the ones I want to see. Um, I certainly could have gone higher in some price points too, to like, you know, dream versions of grail watches and stuff like that, but kind of wanted to keep it reasonable to the stuff that I would try to buy in a, in a heartbeat if it, if it existed. So, yeah. That could be like second edition of this show is like the high horology you know, right, Stephanie's right. longa and, you know, Arthur's whatever. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll save our Photoshopping skills for a, um, a, a future high end, high end version. Yeah. I think it would be cool to do some more really neat watches with like astronomical complications and stuff like that. So that'd probably come yeah. into it. Maybe we'll do another one on that. But yeah. Um, cool. Well, thanks everybody for joining. And Stephanie, I think this is a good one as with you as as permanent co-host. So um, may have a guest on next week, but I'll leave that uh, as a as a teaser. Um, as usual, check out the Scottish Watches podcast, the main Scottish Watches channel, and for Scottish Watches Live in this channel, uh, please like, subscribe, and click the bell icon so you know when we're going live in future shows. And uh, you can follow us on Instagram at our individual account handles, which are there, um, and also at call the A dot D. All right. On that note, I think we'll end it. Happy Sunday, everybody, and we'll see you next week. All right. Bye. See you later. Bye.